What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Triple Dose Podcast. I'm Tori, and I'm here with my brothers and co-hosts, Wesley and Wise. Thank y'all so much for listening. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Triple Dose Pod. Now let's get into the show. All right, y'all, we are back again, and it is time for our check-in. How have y'all been? Ooh, y'all. They've been making me earn my check. They've been, they been making me. Actually, they, they owe me money. Okay. I earned my check plus some because it's been real. Um, just, I think, it being colder outside. It actually is nice now, but the last couple of weeks it was cold outside. I think um, it's a lot of testing going on. And then I have to do a schedule for my department for next year. And there's a lot of stuff going on at work. And it's just like. I'm not finding the motivation to do work in my downtime, basically. So, like, when I should be grading, when I should be lesson planning, even this morning, I was supposed to start grading this morning. I haven't graded a thing. I'm having a very difficult time with the motivation to press forward and keep working. I don't know what it is. I'd be needing a break. I'd be needing rest. I don't know what it is. So it's been a bit of a struggle, and I got to kind of snap out of it so I can really get caught up. Because it's not fair to the kids. It's not fair to me to not have stuff done, like my grading done. My lesson plans are always on point and ready to go, but it's still still grading part. And I think I've just been busy with life the last probably three to four weekends. I haven't had a day in over a month that I haven't had to leave the house. And as a you know person who enjoys my home... I, I really enjoy like a day or two where I don't have to leave. And so it's been like every day I got somewhere to go, something to do. And it's just like, ooh, I need I need a break. Mm. But um all is well. It's just it's just busy, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate to that. I think for me, for me, it's been a lot of um just works you know i try not to take work home as much as possible and february and march are like some of my busiest months of the year as far as when my deadlines and stuff are due for all of my students so it's just a lot trying to keep ahead of everything um and it's hard because my body is very uh how i feel is very contingent upon the weather and it has been so crazy lately so just yesterday it was bright skies sunshine it was warm i was i had my windows rolled down while i was coming home from work i had my sunglasses on i was rolling it was nice and I go to bed last night, and I, I was on the uh, group FaceTime with my friends, and I was getting my clothes ready, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym in the morning, because, you know, I, my Saturday classes I like to go to. And when I woke up this morning, I got up, I went to the bathroom, washed my face, put my workout clothes on, and I go to the kitchen to eat, because, you know, I eat a little something before I go to the gym, usually some oatmeal or something. And I open the, the, the curtains over the door, and it's snow everywhere. Now, mind you, I had no idea it snowed. I didn't know it was supposed to snow. I looked at the weather. It said it was kind of cold, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see that it was gonna be as much snow on the ground. And I don't know if you heard me, Tori, but literally, I opened the door. I said, "What the hell?" Because I was just not expecting this. So, and you know what I did? I turned right around. I went back in my room. I took them clothes off, and I got back in the bed. <laughs> 
I just didn't have it in me. I just didn't have it in me. This is the first Saturday since I joined the gym that I did not go to my classes on Saturday. I was just not expecting that, and it just blew me. So I just was like, you know what? My I, The weather is really affecting me. I can't. So I think that's where my biggest challenge is, like, it's nice. Then it's raining. Then it's snowing. It's just mm-hmm. too much. It's just too much. Yeah, it's like I'm ready for it to be sun, daylight longer, too. Mm-hmm. It's just like I'm just I'm tired. Uh, I mean, it's getting better. Like, I can tell already, like, it's starting to shift a bit. But I am looking forward to it not getting dark till eight o'clock. Like I'm waiting for like that aspect of. I feel like you just have more energy. Like yeah. spring, summertime, you just you do just have more energy. Yeah. So that's just that's my cross to bear right now. I need Mother Nature and Jesus to cooperate so that you know I can start to get more of my energy and more you know feeling better. What about you, Tori? <laughs> well, um, you know we we ain't off the clear to probably like mid March in March. So <laughs> I knew this was gonna happen. We got all these snows in the February. Um, but no, I'm child, I child, it's I'm okay. I'm all right, I'm alive, I will, I'm kicking. <laughs> but I can say that um it has been a struggle because I feel like I'm in a period of burnout right now. Like I'm feeling burnt out. And sometimes it's hard to get up out of that. <laughs> like when you don't see no end in sight sometimes. So um right now, I don't know, but all I can say is I'm burnt out. I'm trying to keep it together. I'm sure, but you know, when you get home sometimes from work, you get drained, you don't feel like doing anything. I'm trying to press out of that. Um I had a busy, like why I said, I mean, Wesley said, I had a, it seemed like I had stuff to do every day. <laughs> like after work, I got to do this, got to go here, got to go to this appointment, got to get the car maintenance, got to do this, got to do that, you know? So it's always something. Um, but I'm going to try, I was trying to do better with my little fitness. I did go to the gym like that one, <laughs> one day with wise. <laughs> and let me tell you, it was a good workout, but my legs were so sore i said i ain't never had my legs sore i told you she was going she was gonna work it out i told you and it took days <laughs> for me to recover from my soreness to the point where i was like i can't i can't do this there's no way i could barely i could barely walk up the stairs i could barely sit down i'm like what is going on so i was like it is and i'm like i know i know it was a good good workout but like I say, okay, well, I'm, I think after that, I was like, well, I'm just kind of do a couple workouts at home. So if I fall out, <laughs> I'm at home. So I'm fine in the gym. But um, I do want to uh, still kind of go back. It's just um, I have been having some, you know, stuff going on with my schedule or whatever. So I do want to go back. Um, and I think I that's a good outlet for me, especially with the stress I've been having <laughs> with work and the burnout. So I got to get back into it. I am looking forward to the spring though and the like daylight because I do love to be outside. And I know that by myself, like I like to go on the walks. I like to go to the parks and me and my homegirl go and we just, it's like our therapeutic yeah. <laughs> because we can walk mm-hmm. and we can see the scenery mm-hmm. and we can have work out, but we can also kind of talk and we just debrief with each other. And it's just like, the best thing so i'm like i can't wait till we can get back to our um walks and stuff too just to have that other scenery um and then something different to do so uh, other than that i'm trying to hang in there i need to start um looking at vacations and what i can do to kind of help because I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a break and vacation type person that helps me to recharge so um i think i need to focus on that too so i can kind of schedule some time 
I need some of that too. If anybody got any advice, any listeners, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do a spring break trip. I don't want to go too far only because I only get a week off. So I kind of want to go somewhere where it's not going to take me a whole, you know, two days, a whole day to travel. I don't know. I was trying to like, I don't really want to drive anywhere either. So I was like, I was trying to take like a train because I've been seeing people on TikTok mm-hmm. taking the trains different places. But some of them train rides be so long. I don't got, the, yeah, I don't got long, yeah. two hours to be sitting on a train. I only yeah. got to be off work. So I don't know. I'm trying let's to figure it out. What about Chicago? Let's, let's fly somewhere. What about Chicago? It's going to probably cold. I will. Oh, for spring break. So. I don't know. I, th- I was thinking for spring break. I actually was thinking about coming to visit y'all, but I don't know. Maybe for a couple of days. Um, but I know for my birthday, I want to be on the beach. So I don't know what. I don't know if it's going to be international or if it's going to be just Georgia and Florida and South Carolina. <laughs> but <laughs> I want some water. I have not been to the beach. Usually, I go every year, and I haven't. I don't know what's going on or why I haven't. But I just hadn't. So I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I need. I need to hear the sound of the ocean and the waves. It's so peaceful. I need to be. I need the sand. I need the sun, and I need the beach and i don't even got to get in the water i mean i, I will but i mean i can just get my little umbrella and my yeah. chair and just just soak it all in so i definitely want to make sure i ha- make time to do that um i kind of like you tori luckily it's been getting nicer here so it's not too too bad but i think with me it's like i want to go into the city more and it's just harder for me to go into the city during the week because mm-hmm. By the time I get home from work and then go back, it's just traffic. And it's like, it don't make no sense. So, like, in the summertime when I'm not having to work, and I'm, I decided this summer I don't think I'm doing any work. Like, if I probably take some classes, but I'm not about to be working summer school. I want to be able to go into the city when I want to go, sit, go into the city. So, um, just looking forward to being able to do all that stuff. Another idea is, I don't know how, well, this is a longer drive, though. <laughs> you probably go ahead and fly. I want to go to, um, I think it's in South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. There's a new um, international African Heritage Museum in South Carolina. I think it just opened this past year. And um, I think the cool thing about it is, is it's international. So we're learning about history from other locations not just america you know american history and things like that so i kind of that's on my list of things i want to do um but i think i think when i last time i looked the drive was like nine or ten hours so it was probably better to fly in um oh was it charleston don't get me to lie in but if you look it up you'll see where it's at i know it's south carolina though um and i had to keep my eye on it because i heard about it before it was even done like you know they were talking about it here's coming and all the donors and all of the money that they put into it and so that's something to keep in mind i might have to do that i don't know you know that might be a good spring trip i don't know how it's gonna the weather's gonna be there but maybe i could see how far from a beach it is i'm about to say because it would depend on where it is it could be close to hilton head it could, it's plenty of beaches in carolina so when we went to top sail beach and all that stuff so it's close but that was north carolina north, but i'm just too. saying in general the coast is there so right so um that's just something to think about wise i don't know uh what other adventures you, you want to get into but anything child i'm just trying to live my life feel like i'm just getting started 27 years old ain't did nothing yeah and it is in charleston wesley that's correct okay so you that's not far from the beach then oh good good so that might have to be something i might plan to because <laughs> i need a beach vacation as well um and i definitely like to kind of mix my vacations you know with the chill and doing something you know mm-hmm. where i can learn and have fun so 
Anywho, let's go ahead and get to the first dose, y'all. Yes, our first dose, our uh, talking points, have a, a, a couple of, a lot of top topics to get through. Um, one of the things that I've been doing to really keep me just, and I look forward to, and it's been a very, very long time since I had something to look forward to every single week, but every single week, I hope y'all are getting into the traders on Peacock, okay? So I was at work maybe a month ago, and I heard my coworker talking about how another coworker had got her into watching the traders, or traders, I guess it's called. So I'm like, oh, okay, you know what? I, I saw a clip about that, or I saw, you know, that Phaedra was on it. I said, well, let me just watch it. So I ended up binge watching like, the first four or five episodes, and I was hooked from day one. Um, the premise of the show is you take a house of, well, in this case, it's reality TV celebrities, and they are um, trying to figure out, well, two, two of, the, of them are traitors, and they have these missions, and you do these missions to try to um, save money in your bank, and at the end, uh, whoever's left standing, I guess, gets the money, and so the two traitors, they get to actually murder people, and so they go through, you never know who's like, it's almost like Clue, where you're trying to figure out who the murderer is, but it's also like Big, Big Brother, because you got alliances, and you're trying to figure out like who's aligned with who, and it's really, really interesting, but what really makes the show just pop for me is Phaedra Parks, and I'll tell you, if Phaedra Parks wasn't on this show, it wouldn't be no show, <laughs> but Phaedra Parks is doing the heavy lifting, <laughs> okay, she's doing her good reality TV gigging, okay, <laughs> and um, this last episode, I mean, I don't want to give away too much but when i tell you she, i mean she's been consistently able to read the girls and so at the end of every episode they have what they call a round table so you you can you can get off the show in two ways one is to be murdered by a traitor and then the second way is to be banished or voted out by the castmates and so they sit you at a round table and you basically it's like that's, you just, your case. that's just genius uh, it's, that it is, is it's genius. genius because it <laughs> Causes you to be on your toes. It's, it's anxiety driven. But Phaedra Parks is an attorney, so when she does it, she be calm. Like she, she, she. You can tell her how she just thinks so quickly. Um, but you like catch how she told Trishel. She's, I'm not frantic like you because they were saying that <laughs> yes. Phaedra does not like get emotional or that Phaedra doesn't like feel seem like she's nervous or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she told her, I'm not frantic mm-hmm. like you. But it's such a good show. And I feel I mean, like you gotta keep in mind that Phaedra is an attorney. Like, you know, they have a different level of composure that they have to mm-hmm. keep. You can't let them see you sweat. You can't and that's the you know what I think that's the thing too with black women. Um and I can't say I don't know, I guess I don't know how you guys feel about it too, but I think that um for myself, growing up and, and being a young adulthood, I've kind of had this um, notion about myself as a never let us be sweat type, mm-hmm. type notion um, in the workplace, in the school, whatever. Like, you're not, you're not going to ruffle my feathers. You're not going to see me sweat. And so um, I don't know if that is like an issue for them because they can't see right. when she is, you know, uh, when she has a different type of emotion and trying to get it out of her. <laughs> And they can't, they can't get nothing from her. <laughs> like, so I don't know. I feel like, but does that hurt the game eventually or not? Because you got, you're dealing with a different demographic of people. You know what I mean? I feel like that's part of it. I think the other part of it is because the way the game is structured, everybody is hyper-focused and there are 
they're looking for any little thing that they can pick up pick up on that's going to suggest that somebody's a traitor. And I feel like right. that hyper awareness mm-hmm. is the reason why it took them like four banishments to get people out because they were picking people for just random little things. Stupid reasons. Yeah. Stupid reasons. And it's like you guys are hyper focused on these little details, these little things that somebody doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like you were talking about a phaser. Oh, well, she they made a comment about her, her eye twitching or something like Y'all are picking up on little random things like that you think is something nah. and you don't know if it is. And so I was so weak watching those first couple episodes because mm-hmm. I'm like, these yeah. people were so convinced this person's a traitor. Yeah. I know they are. They did X, Y, Z and it's like, y'all are right. picking and you're not wrong. You're wrong. You're, you're wrong. so wrong. And the gag is, Phaedra is a traitor. That's the <laughs> but, part. <laughs> that's the, right. that's the gag. But I think when you, you it's so disgusting that we, I, at least me, I speak for myself, a lot of folks are still rooting for Phaedra. A lot of people are. But I think two reasons. Well, one reason I think is because, and I think this is also her a benefit to her, because like Tori said, yes, she does have the whole you're not going to see me sweat type of, type of um, persona, but Phaedra is also likable. So it's not the same if like if it would have been like Amarosa because Amarosa right. has the same mm-hmm. kind of personality, but Amarosa is not likable. Mm-hmm. People genuinely like Phaedra, and people in that house or this mansion, I guess, or castle, it is. Right. They genuinely like Phaedra as well. And so I think people, that works for her. The people watching feel the same way because I was going through the hashtag, and a lot of people were mm-hmm. saying that same sentiment. Like it's it's. The people that are going up against her is right, but we we still rooting for her because it's so like we and they're saying her. because they're not and the pe- and they're not like right and the people that <laughs> are going against her are not likable. I don't like neither one of them, so I just feel like mm-hmm. you know it's it's like you feel bad because you're rooting for the bad guy, but it's like well that's who I like. Yeah. Somebody got to win the game, you know. <laughs> Somebody got to win the game. I don't know if she's so. Gonna... Pa- okay, I'm sorry. Oh no, I was gonna say. Um, so I think. Wesley, you have got me started watching it. And then I told our cousin Brittany to start watching it. And she and her husband watched it. And then uh, I, I told my friend to start watching it. And she she was like uh, sick last week. And she was like, I just sat there and went all through the episode. <laughs> and then she got her husband watching it too. But the funny thing is, we started at season two. Right. And there was a season mm-hmm. one. So now I'm going to back to watch the season one. I think my cousin... um. And my friend watched season one first. And then I was just looking through like the Peacock app and there are so many different, there's like mm-hmm. a three or four different mm-hmm. like variations. Like there was a Portsmortem traders. And I don't know if, if that one is about people who had all been killed off and they come back. Maybe. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what it might've been. Um, then there was like a traders UK and then a traders, this other type, uh, other, you know, other countries and stuff doing it. But um, I I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so into this game. Like yeah. it's a different, and it's a shakeup. It's different it from the regular mundane reality mm-hmm. TV. I was gonna say, cause I I don't know if Fedra gonna make it this week or not. It, it ended on a cliffhanger, and so I just really don't know if she's gonna make it up. But if she don't, I, I two things. I think the viewership is gonna go down. Honestly, I mean, I may still watch to see where it go, but it's gonna be strange. But I think Fedra has been such a standout. They need to give her a job. Like, I feel like NBC, Peacock need to find a way. I don't know if she needs to host it with Alan. I don't know if she needs to, like, maybe be like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a mentor to the to traders. But they need Phaedra back on this in some capacity. And I just hope the production <laughs> and the people higher ups be like, yeah, we got to figure out a way to get her back. She can't play the game, I don't think, because people are already, already be too... Well, they brought that other girl back. <laughs> yeah, but I, don't, I feel like bringing her back would definitely put a mark on her, but she's yeah. too good of a character to not 
utilize her some if sort I'm of not way. mistaken I do believe they have a reunion so maybe, maybe they could yes. bring her back to host the reunions you know oh maybe for the for the future seasons <laughs> I don't know maybe it's gonna be interesting to see listen y'all if y'all ain't watching the traders I just behoove you to just go ahead and hop on that peacock app and take a look at trader season two because Phaedra Pox is doing what Phaedra Pox know how to do okay. <laughs> um Child, speaking of somebody who really don't know how to do what they're doing, um, so you know, <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, well, I, I'll nah. say this. He knows how he, he knows how to do what he's doing for his demographic of people. Um, so Tyler Perry has a new movie out on Netflix, starring our girl Kelly Rowland and Trevante, and our guy Trevante Rhodes, and um, it's called Mia Culpa, and. Um, Every time Tyler Perry drops a new movie, especially once it's on Netflix, it gets the black Twitter all with black X, I guess now, all into a buzz about, you know, his ability to write and his ability to produce and direct and how he just continues to just, you know, write, produce, direct all his own stuff. And it kind of irritates me because we get on here, well, they get on there and complain. They make it trend. It's the number one movie right now on Netflix. They make they make the hashtag trend on Twitter or X, and then they talk about how trash it is, and so he still get his bag, and then he still gets the numbers, and then it's like no incentive for him to try to write better and do better. Now, I don't plan on watching it because I just feel like I have a certain sensibility, and I'm accustomed to reading Zordon Hurston and James Baldwin and Brecht and Ibsen and Shakespeare, so I'm not about to you know I can't I can't just you know I can do some mindless stuff. But this ain't gonna uh, cut it. So, um, have y'all been seeing the clips of Mia Copa? I've seen two. And have y'all been? Um, have y'all been? Um, are you gonna watch it? So, for myself, um, I seen one clip, <laughs> one spicy clip from the movie. Um, as far as am I gonna watch it? If I did watch it. <laughs> It would be only to see Trevante Rhodes. And that's all I'm going to say. No, I'm sorry. I mean, I've only seen... I mean, the clip that went viral was the clip that I've seen. So, uh, similarly... Um, I don't even have Netflix right now to watch this because they did the whole little password sharing ban and things. So, I don't even have Netflix right now. I think people don't understand on social media, like, the whole... Like, you you hate tweeting about something. It's still making people want to, like, watch and mm-hmm. talk crap about it, too. So, like, I think that's why it's probably, you know, you know number one. Because everybody's talking bad about it, saying how bad it is. We all know it's going to be bad. <laughs> Tyler Perry, I'm sorry. He does not have the chops to write a legal drama, a legal romance that is going to be believable mm-hmm. to me. I just, he doesn't have it. Now, if you was telling me this was Shonda Rhimes and she was making a legal romance drama with Trevante Rose and Kelly Rowland, I'm in there because I know she got the chops to do that. He doesn't have that. Mm -hmm. It never has. He needs to stick with what the Rivers and the Lakes that he's used to with the whole broken down church lady looking for a man. That's that's where you do. That's (laughs) what you know. And people like that. And let that be. But I'm happy, you know, they look good in a movie and I'm I'm happy for Trevante and Kelly. I I like them both. You know, black people I support. I think Ronrico Lee is in there and some other folks. So, you know, good for them. Got black people working. Um, but other than that, I probably won't probably won't ever see this movie. I mean, I 
ain't gonna lie. I might if if I'm bored enough, I might watch it. You know, I you know listen. I watch Tubi movies. You so. do, and I don't. I can't do that. That's one thing about me. I just can't. So I will watch I a Tubi mean, movie, I but it's a different. Like, but I'll explain it second. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But 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 I do feel like if it was if I was bored one day, I had to do. You know, I probably would just turn it on, even if it was just for background noise. However, like why I said, I don't have Netflix. I'm kind of boycotting them too because they stopped that share password mm. thing, and so I have really been debating, and I really don't want to uh, about getting a Netflix account. I don't know. I just, I just, I think my hope is because he's on such a high platform and I just want him to be, do better. That's all. Just, just try harder, do some research. I mean, he has a movie coming out that's a historical fiction. And I just can't. Like, I don't even believe he had, like, with Kerry Washington about, <laughs> I, I'm just like nervous to see, like, what that's going to look like and what it's going to be like when it's the simplest mm-hmm. of things he doesn't seem to research when he writes. And I just, I don't know. I just, I, I'm, I'm grateful and thankful that we do have people. He has people working. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, did you ever watch or see that Kenya Barris show about his family on, was it on Netflix? Was it black as black AF? Was that what it was? I don't really mean. watch this stuff I, either. Okay, so <laughs> I'm not okay. here to get them. So I think <laughs> I think he had a show. I think it was on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. It was called Black AF, and there was an episode on the show, and it's supposed to be loosely based around his his real life or whatever. There was an episode on that show where he actually had Tyler Perry on the show, and he was like going to him like as a mentor, like you know, in a game, ask him talking they were talking about the you know the industry and stuff like that and it it was kind of a play on because again it was a show it was a scripted show but it kind of was like a play on reality because basically in that clip Tyler Perry talks about how he doesn't have to do more basically because he has already created such a fan base and he already has created this empire that he can do whatever he want to do he can write whatever he want to write and even if it's trash he know I'm gonna Mm -hmm. still make money either way so he kind of was like it was joking in the little like clip or whatever, not clip, but the um, scene. But he, it was really like reality. Like he knows I don't have to do much. Like I'm going to make money regardless. Well, and that's why they said Donna Ross won't work with him. Because we're in the street is, he said, that's the one person who won't, don't answer his phone calls. And he asked her <laughs> to do something one time and Donna Ross said no. And he keep calling. <laughs> she don't even respond. So, hey. I'm just saying, <laughs> if that's true, I'm not, <laughs> if that's true, uh, I don't know. Maybe keep trying. <clears throat> well, speaking of Diana Ross, she's the mother of all mothers, and uh, we had a gift from this generation's mother, Queen Mother Beyonce. So you know, we watched the Super Bowl a couple weeks weekends ago. And uh, me and Tori, you know, it was just me and Tori. We had a little, we had a little spread. We made some food and stuff, and was getting ready for the Usher concert. And uh, after we enjoyed greatly the Usher uh, halftime show, the couple commercial breaks later, we see this Verizon commercial starring Beyonce, which we have. Ne- I mean, it's been a long time since Beyonce been in a commercial. I, I can't even think. I feel like the last commercial I seen Beyonce in was like. A Pepsi commercial with like Pepsi, yeah. Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. Like, I, that's the last time I seen a Beyonce in a commercial. But 
She had a commercial about. And she was talking. Yes. I mean, it was a full, it was a good, long, lengthy commercial, like 45 seconds. I mean, it was a good, it's a good commercial. And the premise of this commercial is, you know, Verizon Wireless has an unbreakable internet. And, you know, the, well, I was going to say the um, story, but I mean, it's true. Beyonce has multiple times throughout her career bro- broken the internet. And so it was kind of a play on that. So she is, you know, trying to do these different things to break the internet. And Verizon's like, haha, you didn't break the internet. And then the last thing she says is, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to stick to what I'm used to. Drop the music. And so I, I, first of all, I almost missed the beginning of the commercial because I was, (laughs) I had started getting ready for bed because Usher had did his thing. It was getting late. I had to go to work the next day. So I'm packing my lunch and putting my clothes away. And then I hear it in tour. He's like, oh, my God, why is the commercials on the commercial door? So I'm in the basement at the time. So I got to run up the stairs, almost fall. Um, and so when she says drop the new music, I'm like, oh, my God, she done dropped some songs. What's going on? So everybody is, uh, you know, searching, you know, and nothing was coming up. It didn't come up right away. So um, I finished getting ready for bed. And then as soon as I'm about to go to bed, I'm in my room, Tori, in her room. I'm like, oh, my God, Tori, she dropped two new songs. She dropped two new songs. So she dropped two new country songs, 16 Carriages and Texas Hold'em. And so it is now pretty much confirmed that Act 2 of Renaissance is going to be a country album that we will be uh, listening to, have the pleasure of listening to in about a month, uh, March 29th. So, you know, what what are you guys' thoughts? How are you guys feeling about country? I know you guys typically don't do country like that um how do you think this act two is gonna shake out well i do a little country now now don't i do i get down with a little little dolly parton i can do a little jolene a little nine to five you know i can do a little something something to the people every now and again (laughs) um well my favorite song is actually 16 carriages everybody loves texas hold'em i like texas hold'em too but i just think um the lyrics in 16 carriages resonates but i'm excited everything beyonce is gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna be excited about it. i'm gonna give it a listen i'm gonna try it out it'll mean hey it's beyonce so i'll listen to him and when the album comes out i'm gonna you know listen to the album and if she go on tour again i'm gonna go on <laughs> i'm gonna get my right. tickets <laughs> i don't know what to say that's a given <laughs> uh, ain't enough to say you know just get your, get your money brother get your money together because this time we're not sitting in the back. So that's we say that every time. We, 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 we get closer. Back, back, we got back closer. This, I mean, we did, we last, last, last time we were pretty good seats, but, you know. Yeah. We could still be a little closer. I mean, it's not our fault. Like, it's yeah, not for lack true. of trying. Let's yeah, that's be true. Let's be clear. It's Ticketmaster. Which we need, so to, we need to do something about Ticketmaster. This is just ridiculous. That's a total conversation for another day. I don't know the conversation, but I I feel like I have the same sentiments. I do resonate more with 16 carriages, but I do still, you know, Texas Hold'em got a little, you know, vibe as well. Um, what I have been enjoying is the mashups in a different, like I've been seeing people on TikTok. I think I sent y'all one the other day, uh, mashing up the songs with different, you know, um, other songs and just, you know, creating a whole nother vibe. And um, I've also been enjoying to see the people making the little line dances and stuff mm-hmm. to uh, Texas Hold'em and everything. So I can't wait. Um, I really want to know, though, Yance, where are the visuals? <laughs> like, girl, is she going to... You're never going to get out? it. 
what if she say act three and then after act three now you guys get all the visuals i need the visuals from renaissance one part one i just need them like that like and we know they i feel that's what i understand and it's like because this is what it is you want this etched in your memory forever and because everything is streaming if you don't have dvds you're not going to be able to watch stuff anymore because they can just snatch it off streaming platforms right so it's like even if you pay for Netflix or Hulu or whatever, HBO Max, you only going to watch it until the point where exactly. they actually leave it up there. And then once they take it off, it's gone. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of like... and Because they, they expire. So what I kind of think we should start doing, this is on the side, we need to start going on Amazon and start buying DVDs of stuff we like. Because it's about to get to a point when that stuff, you're not going to be able to watch them ever again. And I just want her to yep. figure out what she's going to do about these visuals. And I want a hard copy. <laughs> Like I you know what would be you know what copy. would be good is maybe she would be a blessing enough after act three she'll sell all three acts together in a bundle and maybe mm-hmm. we can have you know have a physical purchase of all three of those that's something I would keep and I had to buy multiple I would love that, that. My life. I would actually love that I would With actually the love you'll that. Be in it too? yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah now, and I would you, actually that's love that. That's like hotcakes. You would literally have. Oh, that's I, yes. I mean, that's like I'm like a that's like crack. <laughs> like I, I need <laughs> multiple of those. Only certain amount. Because some one of them I gotta keep storage and I'm not gonna open up. Cause like that's yeah. No, I gotta too. keep that. So, but my thing is, do you think? Because of the way the te- technology age and everything is now, do you think she would do a set with DVDs though? Because people aren't. That's what I'm saying. We're in a world where people don't do that no more. DVDs is not the thing no more. I don't know. Well, I'm gonna have to. Well, I ain't gonna she, say what I'm gonna do. Well, no, because people, she, people still, people still give vinyls. She'll still sell a vinyl. Well, that's that's true. That's, that's very true. true. Give me a Blu-ray DVD. And vinyls come <laughs> back, and I know because you're right about the whole, um, you know, physical media thing. That's been a lot of thing that people yeah. talk about. And you know, I had remember um, just the other day I had looked on Amazon because, uh, like a year or two ago. I had rewatched all of a different world, like all the seasons, and it was on Amazon Prime. And I was like, you know what? I want to watch different world. I wonder if it's still on Amazon Prime. I look on there. Now it's on HBO Max, and you got to buy it. So like, right. you right that you want to have your physical and copies of things. This is where it really hit me at. So I'm a teacher. I work in education. I'm a teacher, and you know how like um, when you teach a novel or a play, sometimes you should watch the movie. So I have all these DVDs of different things that I've taught in the past well not at the schools they don't even have dvd players at the schools mm-hmm. because everything is streamed you just like get it online and the schools haven't caught up with the times so they should really be giving schools like streaming um uh, what i want funding so that we could stream like movies and dvds and stuff like that or not movies and films for our students so now you have to log into your own personal something in order to show something and that's when it dawned i'm like you know what i need to one I need to get a DVD player. I have like a PS3 that I watch stuff on. I want to get a DVD mm-hmm. player. And I want to just start every couple of weeks, order stuff on Amazon, like DVDs and stuff. Because it's about <laughs> to get to a point where we're not going to yeah. have no access to any of our old shows that we like to watch because of yeah. streaming. Child, even indeed, some of the DVD players is hard to find because I remember I had wanted to buy one um, because we have, you know, we have a DVD collection at, at mom and dad's house. And yeah. um, I wanted to watch stuff upstairs. I didn't want to go all the way to the basement. Um, so I was like, well, let me go to Best Buy and buy like a DVD player. And it was like two two, two DVD players to choose from. Like, I mean, and I went and made it. And I didn't do a whole lot of research. I probably could have found one better online somewhere. But, you know, I wanted to watch. I think I wanted to watch like The Wiz or Dreamgirls or something. And I'm like, we got these DVDs. I want to watch it. Um, 
So yeah, you just reminded me. Let me try and, and look we, and see if I can find me a good DVD player while they. That's on my list. Still would, yeah, and we used to um. And, and, and the computers don't carry CD ROMs nope, no don't. more, so you can't nope. even watch on nope. your computers. Nope. Because they like, they're getting rid of everything. So I don't know what Beyonce gonna do with these visuals. I hope somehow, somehow, some kind of way, she'll give us a, um, a hard copy of something. I know it's, it's asking a lot, because you know that's it, gonna cost her more money. But the print off DVDs, but I want it. <laughs> She gonna get her money back. She gonna buy it. We gonna buy it. She gonna get her money back. That ain't not, no problem. Do y'all think she's gonna go? She's gonna tour for each act. I think that so. Seems like I feel a like lot next summer. She just did this. She's, but, but she gonna be. I think she could take this year off, and then by the next summer, the album she's done. Renaissance because all the music let, is done. Right, the album is done. We're Renaissance. Remember. That she dropped it and then even tour to the next year. Right. So I feel like this might be the same thing. She gonna drop it this year and then she ain't even gonna tour until next year. It's gonna be a whole other thing. If she does that, for, if she does that for each act, I think she, I think she's gonna retire after this. I think this is her magnum opus. I don't know. I, I thought that too, but she, I also felt like she she, might le- not retire. she loved to perform. I think she, she could take a break. She loves yeah. to perform. She like that's her, her life, heart. Her energy. She, she, she really enjoys. Like you go to her shows, you can tell she really loves what she does. So I don't know, but I do think you do make a point wise for it to be her. You know, her her little. This is, this is my big market. I'm done because she could be done. Really, she could be done right now. She, and she did be. a lot, and she did enough. A lot, but um, I, I don't know. I think I don't think she'll be done. I think that maybe she'll take a break and like spend time raising the kids some more. But I definitely think she won't be done. I feel like she might do it and then just kind of chill for a moment, enjoy the kids, enjoy the family. But she's still going to be in her creative bag and then she'll come back when she's ready again. And maybe she'll do that, like maybe do that thing. You know how like um, some of the legends, they might do a new album once every 10 years, but they'll still tour. Like, you know, like, okay, Patty ain't about to do an album, but she'll do her dates. You know, maybe she'll do stuff like that. I don't know, but... We don't really have a blueprint. Like who else? Like uh, unfortunately, like a lot of the like world global icons. I mean, Michael Jackson passed. We don't know what he would have done. We don't have a, like a blueprint of what like a global icon does when it's time to like. Yeah, I think. I guess Tina Turner. Yeah. She still went to. She still went to recluse in Switzerland, and then she popped out here and there. I definitely uh-huh. think she's going to be moving know- into a different phase in her life and career. Mm-hmm. And you know Queen Mariah, she still tour when she feel like it. She do her little dates here and there, and mm-hmm. she don't always have a new album. She just do different things. Well, yeah, March 29th, that's the date. We're going to listen to our this new album and see what it's hitting for. And Let me see. What day is that? Is that a Friday? I'm going to be there with my cowboy boots and my overalls and my hat that I ain't got yet. Them cowboy boots oh, ain't cheap. I know, but I've been wanting a pair for a minute. She hey, dropping it on Good Friday. Show is the last day before break. Right oh, that is. It sure is. Now Beyonce trying to overtake <laughs> Easter. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Now you already know how they get. <laughs> right. Right. <sighs> Child. Well, <sighs> switching gears a little bit. I wanted to talk to y'all about this TikTok story that set the media ablaze. <laughs> last week now last week i saw this clip i think it was on like a thursday or friday and this lady was had talked about you know the things that her crazy ex or whatever did and so she made a little clip and i said oh that's crazy that's you know 
Then she came back and said, okay, I'm going to tell my whole story because people were asking her to tell her story. So when I got into the story, I think she had already had like 30 or 40 parts to the story. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? But everybody was saying how good it was. So long story short, because it is a long story. If you go on TikTok and you are interested, her username is Risa Tisa. And she has a series called who the F did I marry now on her page? This is a long 50 part story. She talks and goes into great detail about everything that she experienced and what occurred. And there's a playlist. So if you want to listen, this is how I would recommend doing so. I would recommend putting it into two times playback speed. So it speeds up the video. Um, and also take your time. Like for me, listen, I, it took me a couple days to get through all this. <laughs> okay. I'm not watching all this in one setting. Okay. And I'm, and I would do it like when I was just chilling, then I would also do it. Like I was at work doing typing, doing other stuff or while I was, you know, washing clothes and stuff like that. Like I just did it while I was doing other things. And if you put it on her playlist, it will play almost like an audio book. And she's very um, good at storytelling. And the things that were happening were so good that I, I promise you, it's going to keep your attention. <laughs> so it was easy to just, Literally, when I was on TikTok for like, like the whole weekend, that's all I was listening to. I wasn't watching no other videos or nothing on there. I was just into the story. So, Give us long a story. Sh- yeah. Cliff notes. It's going to be real cliff notes. And I'm not going to be able to detail everything she went through. What cliff notes is she met a man. Um, it was this in co- during time of COVID. She met a man on a dating app. And um, they started dating. Then the shutdown happened. So when the shutdown happened, but they, she felt like it was almost kind of like this whirlwind kind of romance type thing. He um, claimed to be um, like a manager or something of this company, making so much money. Uh, but when COVID happened, they had a shutdown. He kind of mentioned like, okay, let's go ahead and move in. Like, who, where are we going to quarantine at? Okay, everything's getting closed down. They decided to quarantine together. It went very fast, okay? <laughs> they were literally were dating. Then they was moved in to each other. And then it was engaged in like a couple months. It was really fast. So she ends up um, at during this time getting engaged. She got pregnant. <laughs> she, um, but he has told her all this time though how um, you know he's well established. He has um, you know he's like a VP of this. He ended up be working as a manager, a regional manager. But then he was ended up being a raise and got a v, he was a VP of the company, making so much money. He did pay her bills. Um, he took care of the household bills and everything like that. So she thought like, okay, this is my time. This is finally my turn. And she does she does admit that she was vulnerable and desperate. She does talk about how she saw some things, but she did not give in to the red flag. <laughs> And she kept telling herself, maybe I'm having all these feelings because I've never had a man treat me well before. And so it's like, okay, I need to chill because when she did go fact check, she wasn't finding what she needed to find out. Fast forward, they get married. They're supposed to be looking for houses and things like that. Come to find out, he just kept taking her on, spinning her, spinning her, spinning her. Oh, we're taking to go see all these houses. He $600,000 houses, $700,000 houses. He shows her a bank statement of all this money he has. He shows her that he had been pre-approved for like a $700,000 mortgage loan, but he was going to pay for the house in cash. My, long story short, he never bought her a house. All the things he promised her, he never, he never gave to her. Um, they went 
shopping for a house on three different occasions with I believe two or three different realtors um he lied about trying to buy her a car and all these different things he just she started realizing that stuff wasn't adding up um he would talk to his family all the time but she again it was during COVID she really didn't ever meet them she only met like I think a, a god mom or something like that um later on she finds out when he was talking to his family he was never even talking to them he was talking to himself on the phone it was not actual person on the other end um she finds out that he was not of course a vp of this place that he was supposed to be at um every time they tried to get to get a house and it was time to show the, the funds it was trying time to show the bank statements time to show the proof of you know funds he had an excuse. He never wanted to present them. He never wanted to give them the proof of funds, even though he was supposed to be buying a house in cash. <laughs> so it never went into fruition. So she said, finally, the last time it happened, because she said, I started to get discouraged. I just said, forget it. I'm not going to even, don't talk to me about no house. I don't want to hear nothing about no house. Um, the realtor who told her, you know, listen, I don't know what's going on. She's like, but you need to look into some things and find out what's going on. And she said, and when you're ready, whether it's with him or without him, I will be glad to be a realtor. And so she said that conversation with that realtor really sparked everything where she kicked it in the high gear. She said, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. So she ends up, um, saying, you know, I'm not going to depend on him. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to get another job. I'm going to make more money. And I'm going to buy the car that I want, the car that he promised me. He, you know, this BMW, whatever. I'm going to get it. I don't need him. I'm, this is crazy. For the new job that she had, they require you to get a thorough background check, which requires her to present her uh, social security number and all that stuff, as well as whoever she's married to. So when she takes the paper to him, like, hey, I need your social. I'm trying to get this new job. da 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 he didn't want to give it to her. And she's like, well, what's the problem? Like, I'm trying to get a new job. We're trying to get this house. Like, so finally he gave it to her, but she realized that the social security number on the paperwork that she, he gave her, the first three digits were different from the one on the marriage license that they signed. Cause she remembered from the marriage license. So she said when she did get married, mind you, when she got married, they did a background check. Well, no, she did a background check with the social security that he put on the marriage license and nothing came back. So she said, I thought, you know, hey, I, they would think it was good. I was tripping. Even though I did check after we got married, I just had to check. Well, now she got the new social security number. She goes and she finds a few hits. <laughs> so she finds out that he lied about where he used to live. He talked about living in California and going to some school, I think Southern Cal or whatever, and playing football, all these different things. She goes through and basically debunks every single lie that he has told her she goes into the court records finds his ex-wife's information um she because he starts to add up all these different events and things that have happened over the course of their short marriage that she said this just just not right and now she's getting all the pieces of the puzzle together so she finds out that he is a pathological liar everything's a lie when she talked to his ex-wife the girl told her first she said she kind of laughed and said what did he promise you? <laughs> Mind you, he promised her all these $700,000 houses, the cars, all these different things. Then she said, everything that he told you, believe none of it. And she says, you know, he's, he's a liar. 
And then so basically he has so many outrageous lies and I can't even begin to go into how many lies that he had, not only about who he was and how much money he made, but just about different family members. He lied on his own grandmother and said that she died of COVID and it was, he was distraught. He was crying. He was doing all these different things. Well, Risa finds out that his grandmother died in 2008. So he lying on folks dead and alive. He lied on his ex-wife daughter and said she was dead from COVID. He lied a lie and lied. So Risa gets all her documentation. She's getting her case together. And finally she said the ish hit the fan. In the meantime, he gets sick and he'd been like not going to work. He had been staying in bed all day. He something was going on. They were in separate rooms. And on the day she's got said, I'm done with it is the day she, um, she said, I think she went through one of his old phones and found the fake bake for statements and the fake receipts and all this and stuff. And she puts him out and she said he got to go. And after that, she still was finding and learning more and more information. And so she got to the point where she said now in the grand scheme of thing, all this stuff happened and they were only married for six months. <laughs> okay. All this happened in six months. She married. So she tells her story. It's a long story. It's very, like I said, entertaining. At this point, I'm like, she needs to be making a book or a movie because <laughs> this is, needs to be on somebody's television of the stuff that went down. The story takes off on TikTok and everybody is just going in. Now, some people are, of course, are calling her stupid, her slow, um, naive, all these different things. Um, and you know, she acknowledges her wrongdoings and her faults. She said, I'm not perfect. But she also acknowledges like this person also was a predator. He was a pathological liar and he traumatized her. And to the point where now a few years later, she, they divorced and all that, whatever. She is still dealing with anxiety, lack of mistrust, lack of trust with people. You know, um, she feels like she don't know when she's going to be able to date <laughs> again. Um, and so it just, it, this story really took off. And um, it's to the point where it's got everybody questioning who they living up next to. See, I don't think you have to question if you're not. <laughs> I don't mean to sound mean or rude, but look at where desperation will lead you. I feel like these types of people find each other because yeah, she didn't have her. She was she wasn't all the way healed in herself she has some issues mm -hmm. that led her to be desperate and overlook things and to 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 be swept up like this and it was like a perfect match um i didn't i wasn't able to i let watch the first two videos and i said i can't i got i don't have 50 of these videos in me <laughs> I, I got to, i had too much on my mind and my brain i can't i can't it's just insurmountable for me i can't <laughs> but i did read a couple of synopsis uh, that some people had wrote up. Um, I do think she needs to go ahead and get her a movie. It's the two B people probably already working on. They probably shooting right now. It's yeah, probably are. gonna come out because they done they done did movies for all kind of stuff. Um, maybe she could swing this into some, you know, sister girl. Hey, this is what you need to be looking out for type of thing, and maybe she can get some money off of that. But I'm glad she made it out alive because it probably could have been worse. Who knows? If you if you question. talking to people by talking to people that ain't real and making up stories about folks, I mean, you probably will kill somebody. So, yeah, I'm glad she I, I I agree that that's probably a very plausible next step in somebody's journey if they're doing all that. Mm -hmm. Did she have a baby? No, so she ended up having a miscarriage. Now where is he at now? 
Huh? Where's he at now? Um, she cut all contact with him. So is it true that he uh came, came out and made a video? Because I had seen some people saying that apparently I didn't watch he your has that was actually resurfaced. him. But apparently he has surfaced and he said she's lying and she cheated on him, <laughs> which is exactly what he told her. His ex wife did when when they right. got together. That his ex-wife cheated. His ex-wife talked to Risa. She said, no, that, that was not the case. That was a lie. Now, mind you, she did say God, God did not tell her to marry this man. She said he gave her every red flag that he could give, and he still gave her grace because she said on the, first, on the way to the first date, her tire blew <laughs> on the way to see him. Mm-hmm. And she said that should have been my first sign. <laughs> But I kept going. <laughs> he came, he fixed the tire, and she said she was like, it was like, it was just seemed to be this fairy tale royal rim thing. She said on the way back from the first date, because he ended up, I guess, picking her up, he was in a car and was playing this John Ledger song, like, oh, I think I might have met my wife type song. That should have been a red flag right there. Should've she ain't listening. Yeah. Got this- pregnant. Mm. <laughs> End up having a miscarriage. She said, now I look at it. She said, I believe that was God as well. Like, do not have no baby with this man. Like, <laughs> she said, sad as I was at the time, it was, she said, I believe now, like, it, it, it was the best thing. It was for the best. six months. You know, when stuff like this happened, it made me realize how boring my life is. And I'm not mad about it. It's not a bad thing. But I don't be going, I don't be having these tumultuous <laughs> things and people be going through some stuff in their life. And it just makes me grateful to God that, you know what, my little peaceful life is not that bad. Yeah. And it's too, I think I'm on the opposite spectrum of her. Because I don't believe nothing the person tell me. I don't, you, I just, I don't. <laughs> now that might be too much. I, it is, I, I just recognize that it's too much. And that's how she is now, she said. I don't, I, you, I, I'm more of an actions person. I'm not a, a verbal, you speak it out to me person. I'm going to see what you do. You can tell me all day X, Y, and Z. I want to see it. And if I don't see it, I don't believe it. With mm-hmm. people, with men, not with the Lord, with people. Yeah. Um, and also, I just don't see myself that rom. I don't romanticize love that way where I think that it's this whirlwind. Or I don't think I would be caught up in the whirlwind. I could be wrong. I've never been. But I just, not at my age. I don't see myself just like mm-hmm. having this whirlwind situation where I'm just not bringing my brain with me. I feel like, yeah, when you're in your 20s, that'd be cute or whatever it may be. But once you go through life, go through some things, you get some maturity, you just kind of look at it for more, more than what it is. And love is important, but it's not the be all end all and loving enough. So we can love each other, but there's other factors that got to be in place for this to work out like as a relationship. So for me, I just like, mm-hmm. man, I guess she amidst the fact that she was I guess desperate or what have you because it's like I don't know I'm not that yeah mm-hmm. she Ooh. definitely miss, m- m- mentioned that I don't even think it was love it was the idea of the family it was the idea of being a wife and a mom it was she felt like you know hey I'm upper in age um you know uh, fertility is a concern and I meet this person who seems to be decent and he's taking care of me financially because he was taking care of her financially he did pay how? bills and everything how he, pay, yeah, how? he did have a job he just didn't have the job he said he had <laughs> so he was able to still pay the bills and you know but when they go on dates and stuff he paid like he you know things like that so but she did say hey I was very de- feeling like des- out of desperateness and I'm thinking 
it's finally my time because she's like I'm older you know and she wanted to be married she wanted to have a family and I think that that's what she moved on and she that's why she moved so fast because it was like that sense of if I don't do this now it is going to happen for me and so I feel like as a woman I can understand that thought process that she had however (laughs) would I have gone to those extremes no heck heck no but I could see why she thought the way she thought and why that desperate kind of seeped in and took over. So y'all just gotta be careful out here. Don't be desperate. Look for no man or no woman. It's trying to do things. Take your time. So you don't end up in these situations, these crazy situations. Um, so moving along, let's just chit chat real quick about Miss Monique. Now, last, I think last show we talked about Miss Monique and I talked about her. We, we all talked about her club Shay Shay interview and how, you know, she had been done wrong, you know, and we, it's, you know, we talked about, I, I think I mentioned even like, do we owe her an apology? Cause you know, there were some times where everybody was kind of like, Monique, you tripping, you tripping, you know? And I had made a comment about, do we owe you an, an apology, you know? And I think um, in the past couple of weeks, some other things have resurf- have surfaced where I could say, hmm, two things can be true <laughs> at the same time. So in the Club Shay Shay interview, Monique mentioned a little bit about having not having a relationship with her son. I think it was her oldest son, Shalone. Um, I didn't watch the whole interview, so I can't speak on everything that she said. But it did pose um, an opportunity for Shalom to make a video talking about his experience with his mom and his childhood and his trauma and the lack of relationship that they have. And he felt compelled to do so because his name had been brought up in the interview. And he did mention this is not the first time she had brought him up in an interview before. Um, So 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 he made... Oh, Shalom. So he made um, I think like a 10 minute video very straightforward very articulate to explain what he felt and the things that he experienced um and why he doesn't have a relationship with his mom and i don't think he really bashed her anyway i think he just was being truthful about his experience of her um that he had and and why they uh he chooses not to have a relationship with her um to this day and so in response to his video, um, Monique and her husband made a video and, um, I didn't watch the whole video of what Monique and her husband said, but I do remember they were talking about, um, how they finance certain things in his life. Uh, I was going to add, just going back to Shalom's video for a quick second. One of the things that he mentioned in the video was that he said, basically myself nor my mother have an interest in getting mending this relationship he made it clear like it's he like it's her and me like we done with each other <laughs> pretty much um and he talked about a little bit about her being a bit of a narcissist i believe in that first video as well but i want to make that clear that it's like it's not mm-hmm. like she's been reaching out to him and he's not one relationship she he makes it clear that it's both of them correct both both ways so um in the response video that Monique and her husband made, which again, I think most of Shalon's video was in regards to his mom. So um, Monique and her husband gets on the video and they talk about their side of the story and mention like all the financial, maybe things they've done, the material things they've done and how kids could be ungrateful. And I think they didn't release text messages from like three or two or three years ago or um, 
where he was talking about money that was given and you know again not really talking more about the I would say like a relationship aspect between Monique and Shalon um but just what I do for you you know I work for you you know and things like that so Shalon makes another video <laughs> Um, again, another 10 minute video, just explaining his side of things and how, you know, he doesn't wish to have a relationship with his mom at this time. Uh, he's trying to be a man, raise his child. He did talk about some of the text messages and again, how he felt like it was pretty much on board for them to kind of go back to what they did for him monetarily. Um, talks about how he was made to feel kind of like, left out uh, when it came to being in the family and how Monique's husband did not really acknowledge him as a son. Um, and it just, it, it was really sad to see. I really feel like um, he does talk about how Monique did have him young and has even mentioned how she didn't even know how to be a mother or she was more interested in being a celebrity and uh, being on TV and making money and things like that. And so, you know, her being a young mom and not even knowing how to be a mom, it was just kind of like she has talked about that before and admitted that before, but doesn't see how that maybe could have impacted her child in a negative way that he should just be grateful for whatever she does because, you know, she's Monique and now she could spend and take care of him and things like that. So, um, after that, Monique has been on tour um, and a clip has surfaced of Monique, I guess, giving a little um, story, a little anecdote about the situation with her son. And she talks about how she was in the airport and some old lady, older grandma came up to her saying she was told to watch the video of her son and how basically she tells Monique F, F Shalom whatever, F her son. And Monique is basically just like cackling along with it or whatever um, pretty much in agreement <laughs> with what the lady is saying. And, um, I felt like I found that to be disheartening because I just feel like for one, at the end of the day, that's still your son, despite y'all going at it or not having a relationship for you to kind of agree with that sentiment or saying F your son or whatever. It's just kind of like, it's never that well, to me it wasn't that serious to say F your son as if he did something so horrible to you. You have to realize, to take accountability that you weren't, the mother that he needed, you know? Um, and he might've had a lot of hurt and trauma that you don't, you don't care to see. But I also feel like that goes back to the generation that Monique comes from. And they feel like as long as you pay for the bills and as long as you gave them money and this, and you provide it, then that's all you needed to do. And these kids are supposed to respect you and just love you for that. Despite you're not being there, you know? So I don't know. It kind of made me feel like, ugh. It doesn't look good. I feel like when it comes to how Monique has been perceived in the media. Um, now I say two things can be true because I say that I do feel like, and there was some situations where she may have been wronged, and that doesn't mean that she should, she doesn't deserve protection in those moments, but she can also be wrong herself and needs to take accountability for her wrongdoings as well. So I don't know. What do y'all guys think about it? And, Give me your thoughts. So I'm a, I'm, I kind of spared Monique last time. I think I alluded to the fact that I felt like it, I wasn't all the way there with her. I believe I did, but I I didn't I didn't go in in. You know what I mean? I kept it just cute. But um, I've always said this, whether it's on this show or in private conversations with friends and family, when we talk about Monique, is something ain't right about her, and something ain't right with her husband. 
the whole thing is a gimmick to me. The whole my sweet babies and I'm doing this for the culture is a gimmick to me. And I feel like it's not, or I feel like it's disingenuous. And I also feel like it's interesting how you want to hold Tyler Perry accountable. You want to hold Oprah Winfrey accountable. You held uh, Lee Daniels accountable and he apologized, but you are not holding yourself accountable to your child. And I also feel like there's a, a, a... a higher level of responsibility that you as a mother would have with your child than Tyler Perry has, should have for you or Oprah should have for you, right? This is like a coworker, boss situation and or colleague situation with them. This is a child that you carried for 40 weeks and somewhat raised. And so the fact that you, what Monique showed me is that she a bird and she one of those who get a man and act different. And that's just what it boils down to because you got on this video and with your husband, which most of what he mentioned was about you. He did call you that. He did say, "Oh, daddy and daddy," because that's what you call him. But the most of the most of the video was a, a, a critique on your parenting as a mother. You let your husband disrespect your son on video and really like try to say that he at thirty two needed help buying a car, twenty eight years old needed help negotiating to buy a car. Well, maybe because you wasn't there to show him how to negotiate to buy a car because you was running after Sydney. I mean, how would he know? How would he know when you said that you were not a good mom and that you were focused on being in the streets? You said how you would go from town to town sleeping with all these different men. You said, like, you said all these things. And so all of a sudden, he's supposed to know how to do certain stuff? Like, parents really get me when they do that. And when you when you expect your child to do something you haven't taught them to do. And so, and to then to use that as a way to make him seem like he's less than a man because you had to walk him through how to negotiate buying the car with $3,000, a measly $3,000 that you gave him when you were a millionaire? Do you know how much money mom and dad gave us, have given us? Like, like $3,000 is a drop in the bucket for y'all. So I just feel like it was just really telling of um, who she is as a person. And it's sad and it's sickening. And I just hope that, I hope Sydney don't leave her. Because I feel like she probably ain't going to be able to take it if he do. This, this man is her everything. He is literally her everything. And it's disgusting. And I'm sick of it. <laughs> if he does that really, I think it'll be a Wendy Williams situation. Facts. It will be a Wendy Williams situation. Her life will crumble. Because Monique don't have it all. Yeah. She does not have it all. I don't I don't think she does. Um, I think what I learned from this situation, it it, it just it gives to it gave to me, like what she said, she's a bird. She got a man that was her daddy raised her. She had two kids for him and wanted to start her life completely over and not be bothered with her or the son. Um, I really do kind of feel bad for him. You know, he uh, really articulated his thoughts and feelings very well. And he he was completely ignored by the response that Monique and her husband had put out. And I think that kind of made me even question. I know you were saying two things can be true. She'd been wronged. But it kind of, to me, felt like, okay, well, maybe her perspective is off because her perspective is really off in the situation with her son. And we it was so blatantly clear when she put that response to his video up that you guys are not talking about the same things. You guys are not, your thought process is not where he's on a deeper level. He's talking about so many other things and not even, um, not even negating the financial things that you have done for him. And then you use that as your sole reason why he shouldn't have feel the way that he does. 
that to me was such a disconnect that I was starting to question, well, shit, I was just starting to, you know, be fully on your side. And now I'm thinking your perspective is off. So your judgment is Mm -hmm. off. Maybe I shouldn't be, maybe it's more to the story that we don't know. And I I don't think we're ever going to know because I don't believe Tyler Perry and Oprah Winfrey are ever going to speak on it. And if I were them, I would not either. But it just kind of caught everything in a question for me. I mean, I I, mm-hmm. I don't know how it how it doesn't when it's we have a, such a clear blatant example of you mistwisting what we see as the truth. You know what I mean? So um, I don't know. I hope they can get it together. Oh, and the other thing that I I wanted to talk about too is I did not like the fact that Sydney again, like you were talking about, Betsy was using trying to emasculate him or say he wasn't less than a man because he needed help as an adult, which is we all need community we already help with some something um but i also didn't like how they tried to invalidate him by bringing up his mental health issues and his challenges with that and trying to undermine his experience and his validity because um he has i think bipolar disorder so like i i just found that to be very problematic and i felt that it was wrong for Monique to allow her husband, who is not that man's father, to speak negatively about him and his mental health, to bring up his father and, you know, other relationships to kind of undermine him. It just was, it was very gross to me. It's very sick. And it was disgusting. I just went over. And she sat there, she smacked there, and she was smiling. Like, as he's talking, she's just shaking her head and smiling. I'm like, Monique, are you dumb? Are you dumb? <laughs> like, I'm and that's the thing. Like... It's like he, he speaks for her. She can't speak for herself and she disagrees with whatever he has to say. And I think that for one, when it comes to the mental health piece, I, you can tell that that young man has done some work. Oh, yeah. You can tell that he has been in therapy. He's he done some inner working um, to get to a point where he has been. Uh, so but one thing that I have to keep in mind and this we got to keep in mind when we talk about Monique is you have to remember she also is has a learning disability she was in special ed classes and i think that that also plays into part into her um and the way she moves in the business and um maybe the way she like you said responds to things because it didn't seem to be like it didn't match incongruent, the response yeah. And I think that she uses her husband as like this protector because she does not, she's not able to always speak or respond because of that. I I feel like that disability is still there in some ways. And that's why she does rely heavily on him. He has to be there all the time. He has to be right next to her, all the interviews, because I feel like he's like her safety net because she is not able to maybe express or um, understand things a way that would come off, I guess, to everybody else that she knows what she's talking about sometimes. Um, so I don't know. I would just like to keep that in mind, too, with when it comes to her. A bird going to be a bird, y'all. No matter how high it flies. No matter, you, you can get to Hollywood and still be a bird. Truly. And I, um, it's really... Mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate. Do you ever think, do you ever, have you ever like, I've been like randomly like at work or in the car driving or cooking dinner and I'll just sit, stop and thank God that my mom and I are hood rat. Like it, <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm seriously like, when you really think about the like, you oh my, yo, the life you could have had, I'd be like, we really blessed. Like, I'm like, I'm so blessed that my mom and I are hood rat. <laughs> like, I'm so like, because mm-hmm. I can't, it, it's probably hard, it's probably so difficult to be raised by my mother who is like that. I, I couldn't imagine. 
I mean, shout out to the hood rats, though. But I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're I mean, it's some, place, but it's some hood rats, but they make sure their kids are straight. Like, you could be a hood rat, but I'm talking about the mentality. I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about the hood, hood rats. I'm talking about not the people who live in the hood. I'm not saying about mothers in the hood. Well, yeah, I know that. I know I'm that. talking about hood rats. The the, the very specific hood rat behavior, <laughs> i.e., I'm gonna leave my baby with my new boyfriend I just met yesterday so that I can go do X, Y, and Z with my homegirls. Those type of hood rats. I'm talking about them. Not <laughs> people living in the yeah. Well, speaking of unfortunate mentalities, um, I just wanted to wrap up our talking points this week with this topic here because it really, um, it really, I, it hurt my, it hurt my feelings. It made me a little bit sad. Um, so a few months ago, a young man, I believe from California, went viral. He was a librarian. Uh, is his name Mike, Michael? McCall? Michael? I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, um, but he, he went viral um, because he was a, a librarian out there. And he was sharing his experiences about helping, you know, young people fall in love with going to the library and reading books and promoting literacy. And, um, you know, he went viral kind of fast because he's just this happy, um, joyous person who has wanted to spread the love of books and getting people to understand the resources that are available when you um, connect with your local library. And so he has had several viral videos um, since then, and he's been on the news and, he um, had announced recently, too, that he was doing a, a series with PBS Kids and just sharing, sharing you know, the love of books and literacy with the masses. And a lot of people, um, you know, really related to him. His energy um, had even said, you know, I decided to go back and get my library card. Or I had been thinking about it. And um, as somebody who recently, within the last year or so, renewed my library card because we started our book club and we've been reading. It was just nice to see. And a lot of people were sharing the resources that the local library has so many different things that you can rent power tools. And I mean, all kinds of things that people don't even think about. Um, and it's important in this day and age, especially when, you know, they want to defund books and they want to, you know, close libraries and all that stuff. Um, so it was just good to see. And a lot of people had a lot of positive things to say. I enjoyed watching his videos and just the joy that he would display was infectious um, and it was just a positive, a positive piece of something that you could have looked forward to in your timeline of, you know, mess and foolishness. Um, and for whatever reason, and maybe we can talk about what these reasons might be. I have my theories. Um, some people can't just accept love and light and positivity for what it is. Um, for whatever reason they feel the need to try and undermine that or suggest something nefarious is afoot. Um, and a young woman had went viral. She had made a post basically saying under one of his videos or quoted one of his videos saying, you know, I don't know what it is, but something about his energy is very dark to me. I don't see what you guys are seeing. I don't know. Something sinister is going on here, basically. And rightfully so, people ate her up. Um, and a few days after that, uh, Michael came back and um, responded to that post and he basically shared very vulnerably, 
you know, that the darkness that you might have been seeing could have been his mental health challenges that he tries really, really hard to overcome. And he kind of listed, I think, like, you know, a nightmare disorder and some other things that he had been dealing with, but that he really tries to, you know, he works hard to be positive and to, you know, share the things that he loves to kind of keep him... Um, you know, in a good place. And he wanted to share that with people and that maybe that that's what he was experiencing. And so a lot of people were like, see, look at you, like you made this man have to come out and share this. And, you know, you need to, you know, just let people, you know, be happy and don't, you know, harp on negativity all the time. There was no reason for you to share that. And then it comes out a little bit later after that, he makes another video basically saying that, you know, he is experiencing a lot of, um, the negative comments and it's affecting him. And so he is going to be resigning from his position at the library to kind of take care of and focus on his mental health. Um, and that, you know, it really upset me because it's like, man, people were just out here trying to share some positivity in the world and be a light and share that. And now, the job that he loves, the thing that, you know, made him known for what he is doing, you know, he has to step down from. And that just made me really, really sad. And um, I kind of wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. You know, it makes me think about this idea that, like, the people that make us laugh, the people that make us smile, that give us joy, are some of the, you know, people who are going through the most. You know, think about, like, Robin Williams, right? Or Anthony Bourdain, you know, these people who do things that we love and we enjoy, and they have an untimely end because they're battling things internally. Um, and I was just like, man, we have to be kinder, you know, kinder to people. But what did you guys think when you guys saw this? And um, how do you think how do you think we can help people enjoy nice things? Well, one thing I noticed is that the lady, her name was Miss Mojo. I guess she's a trans woman. And she, well, I don't know. If she, I didn't know she was trans, but somebody mentioned it. But anyway, um, she since made her page private. And she put a statement up on her page that she basically, she tried to, she apologized in some sort of way, apparently. I heard that there might be some sort of GoFundMe for him or something like that. I'm not sure if that's true. I haven't been able to locate it yet. Um, but it speaks to the evil that is social media. I mean, you know, I I, I always, I, feel, I find a way to always bring it back to spirituality when we do our show. But one thing I heard my pastor say is how um, the devil was the prince of the airways. And so all the, all the control that the media, that control that he, he has. And it's just like, it's so sad how um, people just bully on social media. Like you need a way to, um, be validated you need a way to be seen and instead of like talking about yourself you got to talk about other folk in a, in a negative way who, especially somebody who's doing well like, i don't mind you talking about people who ain't doing who's not doing the right thing but somebody who literally seemingly is trying to make sure that your kids read well which statistically they don't right statistically in this country the average adult reads on the eighth grade level and because of that the newspapers are written at a sixth grade level um so the fact that so he's trying to actually help you know our our young people some of us some parents who have never even taken their kid to the library some parents don't even you know have a library card and don't know all the resources that a library actually has and all the things they do in the community which can help your child and help them to be better and honestly i think literacy really is it no it is i don't think 
literacy truly is the gateway to so many other opportunities, whether it's um, in academia or career-wise. And that's why the lack of literacy is the reason why they were able to keep people enslaved. And then the lack of literacy is how they kept people from being able to vote. And now you got these states trying to ban certain courses and certain books because they don't want you to know information. And you have a person trying to give us, promote it, Y'all do that to him? Shame on her. Shame on everybody. Shame on y'all. I don't know what the answer is. I think, honestly, I don't think it's going to get any... I think it has to get really, really bad for it to get better. I I really, really... Unfortunately, I do because we just seem to be a very self-centered society and all about going viral in the moment. And I feel like we're seeing a Black Mirror episode soon. A Black Mirror episode is going to be soon true if we don't get a grip on what we do socially in this country. Yeah, I mean, I fully, I fully, I feel like I agree with Wesley. There's nothing much more I can add. I just think that um, there's a lot of miserable people out there, hateful people out there, evil people out there, and that's not going to change until the day the earth is no more. <laughs> it's going to be people like that. And that's the sucky side of social media is it's just, it's that it's on a larger platform and anybody in any little place can just say and do whatever they want to say. And they have no regard for how that really makes other people feel. Um, so I think you have to have a strong sense of self and tough skin when you are, um, on media, in media and you have a big platform because no matter how good you might be, no matter how much you might help people, there's always going to be those ones that are going to find something negative, like just always in every situation. So, um, I feel like if it's not for you, then you just got to do what's best for you. And if that means taking hiatus, if that means not longer, no longer doing content, if that, if it's, if you can't take it or handle it, do what's best for you and your safety, because I just feel like it's just, there's so much hatred out there. And I think that the reality is it's not going anywhere. I don't, I don't like that answer. I feel like. We need to be, uh, they need to be ostracized from society. Like, if you want to be a misery loves company person, then you just need to be gone. Like, nobody has time for that kind of energy and negativity in life. And I feel like, you know, people, like, feed off of that so much. And I feel like they just, they need help. And I don't, I don't think they need to be in the, around other people until, they get that help because all you're doing is bringing everybody else down and it's in life is already hard enough. The powers that be make living in this country and in this world hard enough. Like, I don't know. I feel like they, they need to be banished. We need to have a round table like on traders and banish them. Cause I don't want, I don't want to be in community. I don't want those people type of people around. I wish. Well, listen, y'all, don't be one of those people. You know, let's, let's uplift others, you know, who are doing well, and let's call out people who are not. And, you know, be better people every single day. Every day we wake up, it's an opportunity to do better and be better. But that's all for this week's Talking Points. We're going to stay tuned for the rest of the show. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Triple Dose Podcast. We are jumping into our second dose, our Keeping It Real for a Minute segment, where we just share a little bit about something that we've been thinking and we want to impart. Recently, actually last night, I was having a conversation with um, my closest friends, and we were kind of sharing some of the things that 
um, bring us joy, right? My friends and I were, you know, all around the same age in our late 20s and talking about life and figuring things out and how to navigate things. And we we were sharing some thoughts about how we just tap in and share and experience joy in our life and do and doing things that uh, um you know brings light to our lives when we're struggling trying to figure things out paying bills whatever uh life might bring our way and uh we kind of had a conversation about how we've started to do things that we like to do when we were kids that things that brought us joy really when we were kids and trying to um reincorporate those things back into our lives in some sort of capacity um one of those things we talked about was like reading books, right? Uh, the type of books that we like to read, um, riding bikes, you know, spending time in nature, doing arts and crafts, you know, uh, crocheting, painting. I've been doing a lot or trying to get more into my painting bag and drawing. And uh, one of my friends even mentioned, you know, uh, having, you know, cuddling with a stuffed animal just to bring comfort and, you know, um, I think so often as we start to grow up, like we feel like we certain things are not allowed. We're not allowed to do anymore. Right. And um, I feel like there's kind of been a been a pushback on that in society now, because like even people talk about like how playing video games like that's something that teenagers do. Grown, grown people don't play video games or uh, watch anime or, you know, or cosplay and dress up as, um, you know, characters from movies and TV shows and you know, people always like to say that those type of things are, like, childish or they're weird or if you're an adult who does those type of things. Or, like, even people um, will talk bad about the adults who, like, really like Disney. You know what I mean? Like, why you're an adult. Why do you love Disney so much? That's stuff for kids. And it's like, you know, people are living life, like I just talked about before, life is hard. The powers that be want it to be hard for us. And I don't think we should be ashamed for liking things that our quote-unquote for children or things that we liked when we were younger. And so um, I just wanted to, you know, give you guys that freedom, the permission to enjoy the things that you want to enjoy. There is not an age limit on happiness and joy, and you don't have to quote-unquote only do adult things. Um, if you want to color, paint, cuddle with a stuffed animal, watch cartoons, play video games, whatever, that's going to bring you joy, then you should do that. Um, so I don't know if you guys want to jump in and share any of your thoughts or any things that you guys like to do that bring you joy that might be quote unquote for kids. Um, but just, you know, if you do that, don't be ashamed about it. Do the things that you want to do. Life is hard enough. If you're not hurting anybody, by all means. I, um, I want to... <sighs> So what I've been doing lately, uh, I like to play games on my phone, which right now with Monopoly Go is taking over my life and sometimes do journey. But what I'm looking for, listeners, if you have any ideas or any recommendations, I'm looking for a game where I can like have a human to take care of. <laughs> so like similar to like Sims, um, but I don't know if it's Sims per se. I don't know because like. I've tried to get, maybe I don't pick, choose the right Sims game or whatever, but I like want to be able to like, you know, you feed you, get dressed, like have a life and I can just like, you know, but I got to go to the game on a consistent basis. Cause if I take too much time off, it's something going to happen to my person. <laughs> I think that's Sims. <laughs> Which one? Um, They have different ones, but there's one you can get on your computer. So I can use my iPad? Uh, you might be able to. 
I Did I play Sims? Sims on my iPad, but it's not a it's not a people Sims. It's a Sim City. So like I built my own city, um, and I have like regions now because I've been playing for so long. Um, and you collect your taxes and you build different buildings, and I enjoy. It. I've been playing that for years. Yeah, I want a person. So if if I but they do have Sims. Let me know. The Sims is for people. They have people. All right. Well, be sure to join in on our Keeping It Real for a Minute segment and the rest of our show on Instagram and Twitter at Triple Dose Pod. And we'll be right back for the Triple Dose. All right. We are back with our this or our Triple Dose, the this or that segment. And I think it's been a couple of weeks since we've done Am I the A-Hole. So I had one that I wanted to share with you. Um, Am I the A-Hole? for not forcing my family to share their inheritance with my children. I'm 40 year I am a 41-year-old male. I have two kids, a 14-year-old boy and a 16-year-old girl, with my ex Tammy and she's 37. And according to the divorce decree, neither one of us can take the kids out of state without prior written consent from the other. This was fine for the most part of for the most part, as neither Tammy or I had any desire to go through any more hassle of co-parenting than we already do. However, however, my father recently passed away. It wasn't a shock because he was sick for a long time, so while I was sad he was gone, I was also relieved he wasn't suffering anymore. About 50 years ago, my father came to America, got an education, and made something of himself, but always missed his home country. When it was determined that there was nothing more that could be done for him, my father wanted to spend his last year in his home country. My sister happily obliged my father's wishes and quit her job to go with him and help with his care. My brother, other sister, and I would also take at least one trip a year to see him. Then the holidays came around and my father really wanted to see all of his grandchildren together one last time. My brother and other sister were able to bring their kids over, but when I brought this up to Tammy three months ago, she said she'd think about it. I gave her as much time as I could, but flights overseas during the holidays were expensive. So when I asked her again, Tammy said she needed more time. I asked how much more time did she need, and that led to a fight, and Tammy ended up saying she wouldn't agree. She also got to my kids and said that they didn't want to go either, citing that they didn't speak the language and how they shouldn't have to be inconvenienced just because their grandfather decided to leave the country. I was upset, but I let it go, and I could tell my dad was a little hurt that the kids didn't come. He tried to video chat them twice, but got no response. We had one final dinner together where my dad made a speech about how grateful he was for his family and discussed his will. Aside from my sister, who took care of him, the majority of his financial estate would go to his grandkids, and he would be leaving the rest, rest of us sentimental things, which we were all cool with. He passed a few weeks later, at the reading of the will, my brother and other sister's kids got a decent-sized trust fund, whereas my kids weren't mentioned at all. I did bring this up once, and my sister said our dad was really hurt that he wasn't worth a video call in his final moments and only opted to leave them sentimental items. When my kids found out, they were furious, and Tammy demanded that I sue my sister and or my nieces and nephews, but I refused. 
My kids see this as putting someone else before them, as well as punishing them for not agreeing to go visit my father. But I don't see it that way. Am I the a-hole? I'm not sure why the kids... First of all, he should have never... I, I don't think you should have told the kids about that. I just wouldn't have never said nothing about it. Um, I also don't see how it's your fault that they didn't get nothing. It's the mama's fault. The mama the one who didn't let them go. So, I mean, now, I don't know if that... I mean, is he sure? Is he certain that... that is that that's the only reason why they didn't go that last time? Did they not have a relationship throughout their lives prior to that one moment. Um, I would kind of feel a way if we had a good relationship all of my life and then that one time I wasn't able to go, I got, you know what I mean? kind of got written out. Well, it wasn't a, It wasn't. A, I wasn't able to go. Well, I didn't want to go. I don't know I'm that I believe that I that's be. true. I mean, are we sure that the kids really didn't want to go or is that what the mom that's said? True. Because the mom... But they also didn't answer the phone call. Just that you, you could have at least answered a FaceTime phone call. That's true. I also want to say, you said, why did he tell them? I don't, I'm just guess. I'm just guessing here or surmising here. I'm assuming they cousins told them. I mean, if the other Possibly. cousins got money, Possibly. I'm assuming maybe the cousins well, told them. I think, like, you can't be mad. That's what the granddad's decision was. Like, what can we do? He made his will, and that's what the granddad's decision was. He said what it was. What are, what, what are you going to sue for if he already was clear in what he wanted? <laughs> you can't sue. He didn't have to give the kids nothing. The grandkids, anything. The, well, the mama mad because so, her kids didn't get no trust fund. That's why she wanted them to sue. But I think you, you that's... But 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 what are you going to sue for? You can't say that they were unjustly not given a trust fund if he if that's what the grandfather put in his trust know. or his will. They're going to test the estate. They're going to you know argue. People their grand yeah, yeah no. Know. But I w- not usually they do it if there has been no clear indication of what should be done. But if he was literally saying what he put in writing or whatever what he wanted to be done, then I mean I'm sorry like. What are you contesting? Well, that's what happened with your mama bird. I, that you was very rare behavior. Why Why wouldn't she let the kids go? And they older. They're not like they was two years old and three. And, and yeah, they're 16. About, well, they shouldn't be inconvenienced about going to another country and speak the language. Their whole family went. Everybody was there. So what, you, you act like he was backpacking them off by themselves. I mean, what are you saying? I'm really curious about what her reasoning was for not letting the kids go. It could have been a control thing. She might, you know, she probably didn't want didn't want to send them and her not go or something. But like your kid, that. they're grown. But, they they fourteen and sixteen years old. They going with their father and the whole rest of their family. So, and we don't know. It's a lot because we don't know what the dynamic is between them because it's his ex wife. So we don't know like what the dynamic is in a situation is she using the kids to kind of like have them side with her. Like I mean, it's a lot. We don't really know. But at the end of the day, I just feel like you can't be mad. I mean, he made his decision as a grandfather what he was going to do. And you weren't included. So what what, what you going to do now? But then I also feel like that puts the father in a, partic- a predicament with his kids because I feel like the mama clearly is, br- I mean, she brainwashing the kids, I feel like. And I feel like if he don't, if he says, you know what, that's what grandfather wanted. I'm not going to sue my sister. I'm not going to contest. Like, that's just what he wanted. Then the kid's going to be mad at him because they not. They probably don't have the foresight to see. And they believe in their mama. They probably like, your father didn't fight for you to get that money that you were entitled to. Like, that's going to put a strain on his relationship with his kids. The only thing about it is, I just saw a comment that somebody said on the thread. 
but a will is not a will does not equal fairness no. Like right. so, you don't. So I don't know what you can sue about. You know what I mean? Like I just wonder what that would look like. I mean, and that could probably take years. And what if the father don't have the money for that? I mean, he, he probably do though because he said he he didn't give his kids any money. But it's like how how could you? I don't know what the basis would be of the lawsuit, right? If the will, you, uh, right. it, it was it didn't keep them out of anything. They got sentimental items. Exactly. They just didn't get a trust fund. And that's why I'm saying, like, it's different if he just had this money flow in and there was nothing established. And they like, oh, we all fighting to get a piece because nothing's established. Whereas he had this money and he already said, this is what I want done with the money. Like, you can't fight against what he said he already wanted done with it. And <laughs> like, is it worth arguing with your siblings about this, too? It's like, now I got to argue with my siblings because he got uh, three other siblings. So it's like, <laughs> that's my like, thing is this, too, is like people be so privileged and it's like. You don't have to get anything <laughs> like you should just you, like, why do you think you're entitled to something? You don't have to get anything. And that's the piece. I think some of these people who just kind of privileged don't understand. I mean, it's like if he gave you something nice, if he didn't. OK, but like you really aren't really entitled to the man's estate. You just I mean, not after he already said what he wanted to do with it. So I mean, that's true, but. We don't want that money to get involved. Don't yeah, they, everything go out you, the window. And you got you you saw your missed call for the video chat and didn't call back? Like that's Yeah, shady. you could have called back. That's shady. Poor grandfather. You know, and y'all be y'all be getting these trust funds and you know, one day we gotta have a conversation about these trust funds and how it's kept so many families rich and wealthy and how we just now as like certain groups of demographic people are just now like learning how to like do all that stuff, you know? Um, okay. I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. And, um, with the words, if you, who you thought would be the a-hole in that particular situation. So we just want to thank you all for listening to our show this week. Please make sure that you follow us on all of our socials at the Triple Dose Pod. And if there are any uh, topics or anything you'd like us to discuss, please drop us a message and we will see you next time. Peace. Bye, y'all.